Welcome to the Conscious Creator Podcast, where we talk about how wild it is to have a human experience and how you can maximize your enjoyment of it. I'm Rach, and I've spent the last few years as a traveling content creator, moving to new places, and trying more creative career paths than I can count. Staying grounded and in a high vibe state when you're attempting to live a life outside of societal norms is essential for success. Let's dive in. All right. Welcome everyone to the Conscious Creator Podcast. This week I have Justin Graham. Justin is a cinematographer and entrepreneur who would rather play than work. He's turned his passions into a career path, living out a content creator's dream life. Justin started the journey by teaching scuba, followed by shooting some drone content. And then he combined his passions and ended up working for a company doing underwater scuba videography. From there, he wanted to continue his niche and love for the water and became professional surfer Jamie O'Brien's content creator. Justin now wears many hats. He owns an agency, runs the marketing for Sendy, is a videographer for an aerial production team filming for movies and TV shows, and is also in charge of the marketing and content for a yacht charter. So he is doing all the things. And so without further ado, welcome Justin. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is cool. Of I love course. this podcast and I'm stoked you started one and I think this is an area that everyone wants to hear more about. So Sweet. Well, you're the perfect person to have on because you've just been doing all of the things in the content realm and I feel like you've dabbled in so many different types of content, like from drone to underwater and you've you travel too. So I think you're the perfect person to have on. So like, let's just start off with some of your hobbies. Like, I know you kite surf and you regular surf. Like, what are things that you like to do? And then tell people where you live, too, because it's dope. Yeah. So, we, I, I, like, was born in Hawaii, didn't grow up there. We ended up moving back there. All those circumstances, right, whatever happened. We got back to Hawaii in 2011. And that was obviously a huge shift. Lots of people want to live in Hawaii. Lots of people want a vacation to Hawaii. It's paradise. It's amazing. Had to pick up surfing. Um, and then it's just, it's just kind of a snowball effect from there. You're like, you know, you're surfing and then your friends are like, Hey, you want to, you know, go paddle out to this area and go fishing or go snorkeling or, Hey, you want to go scuba diving this weekend? So you just start picking up more and more and more and more things. And yeah, it's, it's, a it's a, it's a place that you can play year round, um, without putting on a jacket or anything, just forties year round. And it's amazing. Yeah. I love to surf. I love to fish. I love to foil. I love to dive. I love to kite. Kiting is the most recent obsession. It's kind of come back around. I did it as a kid and now it's just all I want to do now. Um, yeah. Learning down to sail, learning. Yeah. I, I, I mean, new things all the time. Obviously the hiking comes and goes. So there's plenty of good hikes and yeah, just pretty much anything. Get out there and do it. Yeah. That's epic. I mean, Hawaii is like such an iconic place to live, especially if you're in the content creation world or want to be outside. So sounds like you're in the right place. Um, so just talk a little bit about like your journey and how you got to where you are and then like how you're trying to direct it now. Cause you've just done so many different projects and worked so many different fields within videography and photography. So like where you're, what's been your favorite and where do you want to go with it? Yeah, good question. I mean, it's it's pretty trippy. I've talked to a lot of content people and everyone's path is completely different. And it's basically just finding where, you know, you can provide value with the skills and the equipment you have and then just doing that and then kind of leapfrogging to the next thing. Uh, I started in the water teaching scuba diving. I just had a GoPro. 
would film myself and like random guests that I would be taking and I'd just send them the videos or whatever and I'd play around in Premiere and edit and watch YouTube tutorials and slowly try and figure it out. And then I worked with the drone team for a while. Not much editing going on there, but just, just filming and, and, you know, being able to talk to directors and producers and DPs and just hearing the language they were using and trying to like take that home and like kind of research that language. Cause some of the things they were saying at the time, I was like, what? I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know anything like they were, t- you know, D squeeze, whatever. And you're like, what is that? Like aspect ratio. I don't know what that is. Codec. I don't know what that is. So all these things I took home and just researched them and learned them and was able to eventually, you know, have conversations on set that, uh, that were, you know, beneficial, which helped me move up in that drone team from mm. the guy that charges the batteries to the guy that's running the camera and having the conversations, designing the shots. Um, the, I think I made it on to one film credit where I am the aerial DP. So that was a big up for hey. me. I was like, hey, there we go. <laughs> but, you know, titles or whatever, but it was a fun little, little moment. But then, um, yeah, just I did some traveling and I tried the vlogging thing which was cool. It was really fun. And it's always fun to have those memories to look back on those videos, but like midway through traveling, you know, where you travel, you go to sketchy places. Sometimes our stuff got stolen. So that kind of put an end to that vlogging. I still have all that footage, which is sweet. But, uh, then I, I paused the vlogging thing and then I met this random guy at the beach. He was free diving and I was free diving with my camera and I was like, just taking pictures of everybody take pictures of the turtles, take pictures of the tourists, take pictures of everybody. And then I would just try and chat with them in the water or on the beach and try and get their Instagram or email and just send them to them, you know, for free, just meeting cool people. Mm. Turns out the guy is like this big YouTuber from Georgia slash Alabama. And I had no idea. And so, you know, I sent him the photos, he was stoked. And then, uh, you know, saying it like, Hey, like I know the Island decent, like if you guys are looking for places to go or things to do, like I can, show you where that is and he's like cool so i ended up taking them I, i'm really into like ropes and rock climbing and abseiling and all that stuff just because of my dad when i was a kid he used to take me to do that and so i was like hey we can go you know abseil or rappel down these waterfalls if you want and they were all stoked on that so i took them to do that and then they you know i slowly told them like oh i teach scuba diving and i taught his friend how to dive and i got him certified you know on that trip and then it was like two years later. I didn't hear from them at all. Like two years later, he called me. He's like, hey, you dive, you film. I need a guy for my channel. I need more help. At the time, he had 3 million subscribers. And he was like a treasure hunter, scuba diver. So he would find iPhones or guns or, you know, literal gold sometimes. And like wrestling crocodiles, basically getting his fins chomped. Like he's crazy. But he would find all kinds of cool stuff. And he said, you know if you'd move down to Columbus, Georgia, which is a heavy move, <laughs> yeah, heavy move from Hawaii to Columbus, Georgia, I would, you know, tell me how much you want to get paid. And if it works, it works and come shoot, no editing, just shooting. Hmm. And at the time I literally, I wasn't doing anything really. I was working on a, like a Korean snorkel boat in Waikiki, which is nothing against Korean snorkel boats, but like, <laughs> not much room for move like <laughs> upward mobility there right <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun it was in the water and stuff and um so i was like yeah let's do it and i went over there and uh did that for a year and we, okay. we ended up going from three million to six million in that time he got really lucky found some crazy things the views went 
psycho. Sometimes we get so many views that we just take a month off. Wow. And just do fun things, and he would hang with his family and stuff. Because it'd wow. be like 10 million views. Well, well, now I don't have to work for a while. You know? Wow. That was so wild. was it kind of like it was just a YouTube series, and that's kind of how he got big? Yeah. Yeah, just he was like into video gaming and stuff. And he got to like, I think it was like 120K through that. And he was like, this isn't working. You know, you have to be so good and consistently be clipping these amazing maneuvers in the games to to get views. Right. So he's like, Mm. I just like every once in a while, I get something amazing and and get a clip of it. But it's not very consistent. So he started snorkeling. He has a between Columbus, Georgia and Phoenix City, Alabama, there's a river the Chattahoochee river mm. and it runs through there and there's like a bunch of whitewater kayaking and rafting. So all those tourists come and they do that and then they flip in the rapids and they lose their phones and their Apple watches and their GoPros. And he goes diving in the rapids when it's calm and finds it all and tries to return it. Oh, he tries so to return it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty cool. He returned all kinds of phones. It's pretty hard to get GoPros back because there's no like data really. Yeah. That's was, actually cool. really yeah. cool. Yeah, he went big. I think he has 13 million subscribers now. Wow. It's ridiculous. Jeez, people love a good story. So a good story, yeah. That's awesome. And then, I mean, you said you doubled his following, and then I know that you helped Jamie O'Brien double his too. So talk a little bit about your journey working for, like, a professional athlete and being their content creator. Like, what was that like? Because I'm sure that's a lot of people's dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild. I mean, you know, working for any, any YouTuber in the space that you're interested in is definitely a dream. It's a lot of work. Um, but it's definitely, it's like top, you know, people think of it as like a career path, you know, and it can, yeah. be. but you know, I can't, I can't take full credit for doubling their, their followers. Right. You're, you're now, you're a creative person with a tool, the camera, and you're coming to work for another very creative person. And you're trying, your main goal is to just take the load off of them a bit on the filming side. And you can kind of help design like the storyline as well. Like you can keep track in your head of like, okay, you said this, we're going to go here. And then we didn't do that. We pivoted and went this way. Mm. We're going to need to film some sort of dialogue to kind of bridge that pivot. So you can help them in that way. You keep track. You can obviously get better shots because you're, the, the cameras not attached to their body anymore. You know, you can walk around them or do different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're you're really you're really just you're taking part of the load and you're trying to help them free up part of their mind to be more creative on their side. Mm. I came into it. I didn't know about algorithms. I didn't know about thumbnails and titles and editing pace and like you know wordage. Like how do you? I didn't know anything about that. So, but I didn't know how to film things. So I just like hey, you know do your thing. I'll stand here as for as many takes as you want. And, uh, you know, you know what to say. So, and then eventually like six months and I was like, you know, slowly making suggestions of what to say, whether they were good or not. I don't know. But then he would edit all his videos, the diver guy. And so most of the credits of doubling his stuff is on him, what he found and how he told that story. And through that, I got connected with Jamie, decided that Georgia wasn't the place for me. <laughs> Came back to Hawaii as you would. Mm. I would assume you would anyway, and started working for Jamie. Jamie's, uh, you know, for those who don't know, he's a surfer on the North Shore. He's one of the best surfers in the world. Has a YouTube channel as well. I came on at about 300,000 subscribers, and we got to about 650 by the time that I leave, and that took us about two years, Hmm. and that was super fun. 
lots of travel, but it's the same thing. Like I'm there to provide a better angle or a better shot or, you know, more suggestions on how we can tell the story of each of those sessions or those travels or whatever, so that he can be free to think, you know, okay, I've done this many surfing in Hawaii videos. I should probably switch it up and I should go to Brazil or I should go to wherever. So you did that for him for two years? For two years. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's hectic. It is on call 24 seven because you're dealing with mother nature, right? You you don't have a schedule. You might have a swell that's coming in and you're going to be ready to surf, but it might not be good in the morning. It'd be good in the afternoon, but you don't know. So you got to wait there and see when it's good. Yeah. Seems very inconsistent. Like a lot of the things that you're doing, it's not one job where you show up at a specific time. Like it's, it's all dependent on the weather and the conditions and, yeah. If the person is down to go too, like you're working for someone who has full freedom yeah. for what they want to create, where they want to go. Like, do you find that that was fun at least for a little while or? Definitely fun. I mean, yeah. and, and you're working for one of the Red Bulls top athletes, you know, huge YouTuber in the space was the biggest surfing YouTube channel that and WSL were competing for a while. I don't know who's on top now, Wow. But, yeah, it's one of the biggest surfing channels. And I mean, you're stoked for sure. And you're meeting all these amazing athletes and, you know, you get to have an inside look on, you know, decision processes, like what board you choose, like all kinds of cool stuff that you get to learn. But yeah. that that job was really where like file organization, the importance of it um, and editing really came together for me and the team. Mm. Like, it's so important to stay organized because we, we, at some point we had five cameras for in, any given surf session. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> Cause you got his GoPro on his board or in his mouth. You've got two land angles with long lenses. You've got a drone and you've got a guy in the water. Wow. Swimming. So it, it, it's ridiculous, but if you're organized, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot of keyboard shortcuts happened in those two years, like new ones. <laughs> a lot of discussion on like faster ways to edit. Um, yeah. So huge progression. I mean, we did hundreds of episodes. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, you have to really, you have to know how to tell a story, even if for the first chunk of time you worked for them, you weren't actually able to make suggestions or didn't feel comfortable yet. Like you're shooting a story because like anyone can pick up a camera, but the reason why people subscribe to a YouTube channel is to follow along with a journey and like get inspired and follow along with a story. So like, how does that, or I guess, how did that transition into like your next line of work? Cause like everything you do is pretty much storytelling within content creation. So did that like kind of teach you, you know, that you wanted to go into shooting yachts and other things, or has it just kind of been like a flow of opportunities that came to you through that? Yeah, I, I like to make this claim, and it's it is quite true. I'm thinking about it, make sure it's true. It's pre- yeah, it's it's true. Ever since work, like you know, construction, retail, whatever, or you know, food service, or any kind of job that I was working before any kind of content, I had to apply for those jobs. Everything in content, I have not applied. It has been mm. somebody suggested, somebody asked, somebody you know a friend of a friend or whatever, which I find very interesting. Um, yeah, I've never seen, 
like seek out the next job. It just mm. it eventually lands in your lap because you're whatever job you're working on now, you're doing your absolute best possible. And that spreads out through the community and through people more than you think. Like so and so, you know, I, I like since Jamie, I started and I was vlogging for a while and I was like super excited about it. Then, I, you know, it's just, you got to survive. You got to make money. You got to pay the bills. Yeah. YouTube is a great path. If you can make it happen, it takes time. And I was running out of t running out of money. So I running out of time, you know, so I was yeah. like, I, I really need to switch gears here. I even drove Uber for like a couple months just to make things a little easier. And then, you know, I, I started realizing, you know, when I was working for Jamie, it, I would, you know, he has all these sponsors and all those sponsors need deliverables. And so I would chat with them and, and had a couple of deals uh, to give them content as well. I was like, well, that's yeah. probably every brand. And so sure enough, everybody needs reels and everybody needs photos. That's smart. Yeah. That's really smart. So you mentioned that all of the positions you've gotten in content creation have been through just people finding you and like word of mouth and connections. So like, I kind of want to touch on that. What's some advice you have for people? If, if I'm starting out and I want to leave my job that I'm currently at that I applied for and go into a world of quite a bit of uncertainty, to be honest, and like more creative freedom, but also less consistency with like income and stuff like that. Like, how do you, just touch on that. Like, how do you recommend people shift? Because you have to talk to people differently. You have to show up differently. Like, what did that look like for you with making those connections? Yeah, I'm, it's funny because it's so simple. The, the philosophy is simple. And it's, it's, I learned it, well, you know, you learn it through life. But I really, like, I heard it verbalized from this, this one. He was a CEO of this huge speaker company. And he knew my dad and my dad was like, you should come to lunch with us and just pick this guy's brain for like whatever, five minutes, even if you get five minutes. Mm. So I came over and like they were chatting forever. Right. And then he turns to me and he's like, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh, like not much really. I, like work on boats or whatever or dive. And I, and I said, like at the end of that sentence, I was like, I should probably go back to school because, I, you know, I'm thinking like that's what people want to hear. You yeah. have like real goals and you want to go to school and stuff. And so I just said it because I was at a, tall, uh, at a table of adults. And so he was like, why? <laughs> why would you go back to school? Yeah. And I was like, huh? And he goes, man, you know, here it is, man. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be sweeping the floor of the basketball gym at the college you're at or wherever. Or you could be working in a library. Like, you could be working at a gas station. You could be working in any anything. He's like, if you do that thing better than anyone has ever done that thing or anyone around you is doing it currently, you're going to elevate yourself on accident. It just happens hmm. because, and like a lot of people talk about this Grant Cardone with 10 X guy, you know, he talks about this all the time. He's like, dude, 90% of people don't want to do it. They cut corners. They, you know, they don't want to do it as good as they can. They're complaining all the time. Um, yeah. And, and it's funny because my brother and I, we had this little saying that we adopted through all this. It goes right along with this. And it's just, it's just work hard and don't bitch, you know, keep your complaining for <laughs> yeah. when you're home. If you're complaining at work, 
It's going to spread the negativity out to your boss, your your uh, coworkers, everybody. So just switch it. Go to work. You say you're. You, it's like again. Say you're mopping the floor. Mop the hell out of that floor. Make it shine. And every day, you know, the players are going to come in there. And they're going to say, "Man, this place is freaking sick. It's like glimmering in here." Well, the next thing you know, you're going to be managing the gym. You know, yeah. you're going to be. It's it's so fast. How like in profound how much it affects your trajectory just come to work do your absolute best of whatever it is so say you're doing a job and you want to pivot to some other job you, you just literally have to take one step in that direction and then just kill it at that one step hmm. so like buy a gopro or whatever you can afford or use your iphone or whatever if you want to take photos start taking photos and start learning how to edit start learning the language Start taking photos of your friends or your or your pets or your friends' pets and just giving it to people. Yeah. And just share the stoke of like that you, this is so fun. Look at how awesome your pet looks, you know? And then people are like, that's, thank you. That's a great photo of my pet or my kid or, you know, my car, whatever it is. Yeah. And eventually, you know, they're going to keep telling people like, hey, you know, so-and-so can really take a good photo. There you go. You know, your first paid gig, you know, wow. it's, it's, it's really, it's crazy. I mean, take it into a different industry. My brother's a nurse. You're not supposed to be like, not by law, but like, it's not very common to be in charge of a floor in your second year of being a nurse. He is in charge yeah. of the ICU Oof. in his wow. very beginning of his second year because of this philosophy. He shows up to work. He's positive. And he works really, really hard and to, to be as best as he can. And everyone sees it. Wow. Go home and complain. That's I love that. And this is where it gets juicy for me. Cause this is like what I love talking about on this podcast is like, we can talk and it's interesting about tactical skills and accomplishments and all of that. But like at the end of the day, every single content creator I've met who is doing what they love and truly fulfilled in their work has developed some sort of mindset that helps them through all of the elements that you face in like a freelance uncertain job that you don't face when you have security. Right. So like when you talk to people, like you have this open mind of like, I'm going to be positive because anyone could be a connection that changes my life. And then when you're doing your job, you're like, I'm going to do the best I can because this it sounds like you just believe you're like, this is going to level me up to the next job, to the next job, to the next job. And I don't need to know what those are. I just, my job is just to show up in a certain positive way. And then like the dominoes fall. So do you have any other advice for people and like how to show up and like believe in themselves and like overcome these hurdles time and time again, so that they can like truly be in the grounded yet free headspace of this industry because it's it's a roller coaster and like you of all people know that you've done so many jobs you're doing so many different positions like it's not stable so you have to have a mindset <laughs> that's different like i'm not going to say like the one percent i think so many people freelance nowadays i don't know how much it is but like you have to think differently and you have to like trust yourself so much to like stay in that headspace that's going to like continue to attract and attract and attract and attract. But yeah, just do you have any advice for people or like anything to add on to that? Because I love this. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I could come up with maybe a couple examples, but you know, I, the job for Jamie, the diver guy, it was his friend who got me the job with Jamie. Because hmm. and his his pitch to Jamie, Jamie was looking for more guys, and he was hanging with Jamie, and Jamie, or he said to Jamie, "You have to hire this guy, me." Cause he knows more about cameras than anyone I've ever met. Wow. He doesn't know that many people that know about cameras to be fair. Right. But I was just the one that knew more than the people around him. That's all it took. And Jamie mm. was like, okay, <laughs> sweet. Wow. Did I know more about cameras? I don't know, but I knew enough, you know, to, to impress upon that person to be like, this is the guy, like he can talk about camera settings and lenses and stuff. So it's really, you know, educating yourself is great because there's going to be that opportunity. Like, like I said, when I go on to uh, like movie sets and stuff for the first time, it's like there's a language they're speaking that I don't know. So I try to like not pay it. You know, I'm listening, but I'm not trying to like interject because I don't know. I don't know anything. Like, I don't want them to feel like I'm pretending to know. But so you I learn wait. so quickly too. wait, learn, go home, spend all your free time that you can, like Googling, like white balance or whatever, you know, Yeah. and like Googling shutter angle. And you're like, what is this? And then when you get to set and they're saying, Hey, you know, this is a chase scene and we want to have some energy and so-and-so is chasing so-and-so and they just like they're shot in the leg and they're trying to get through this door. And, you know, um, you know, you can make suggestions like, Hey, I don't think we should actually fly the drone. I think we should walk around with it in our hands. That way we get a little more jitter to it and we can throw on a, you know, a little longer lens. So we get a little more swing and the director's like, it's a good idea. I never thought about carrying the drone. You know, you can like, come up with new mm. things or whatever. You know, if you're doing a car chase and you want to add energy to it, you, you need to know that a counter movement is going to increase the speed yeah. of the, of the subject. So it looks like they're going way faster. Yeah. You know, you increase, you know, things like that, like knowing the little nuances really helps in those conversations. But those are high level conversations, right? You don't need that in every situation. Yeah. But knowing just just a little more than the client or at least as much as the client is great. Educate yourself and, and don't bite off big chunks. You don't have to do this like crazy. I quit my job. I moved over here. I sold everything I own. That's great if you want to do that, but you don't need to. Yeah. You know, you don't have to. You can just you can keep your job. That's smart. <laughs> Slowly transition. Get yourself a you know an eight hundred dollar camera. You don't need the five thousand dollar camera. Yeah. Just just slowly. Everyone's gonna fart. Start. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's gonna everybody. fart somewhere. <laughs> everyone's gonna figure out that you're the camera person. You know? Yeah. Figure it out. That's hilarious. So in terms of like your mindset, deeper than just tactical skills, like have there been hurdles that you faced with freelancing and stuff like that, that you've overcome that you have advice for people who are trying to get into that? Because here's, here are some messages I get like full transparency, and I have sure. nowhere near like made it right. But like people see others who are traveling and like working for people like Jamie O'Brien. And it's like, we're pedestaled a little bit, which like to us, we're just like chilling. But for someone who's 
working a job, they, they think that it's like the other side of like a whole different life that they need to create for themselves. But I'm like, I think at the end of the day, if you want to do stuff like that, like it's all just your mindset. It's like the thoughts that you program into your brain, like self-belief and stuff like that. It's like, I, the reason that you attract some of these jobs is because you know, you're worthy of it. Like someone doesn't come up to you and offer you one of these positions and you're like, I'm not worthy of it, you know, or if you are, you get through it. So like in terms of your self-belief, like there are people who are over here and they want to get here with positions like what you have and they idolize you and they pedestal you. But like in reality, like anyone can do anything they want in terms of like, if they're good at content, there's no limit to the jobs that they can get. It's more just where your mindset is at how much you believe in yourself, how much you like tune into energy and stuff like that. Like what advice do you have for people or what has helped you specifically with getting past hurdles of, you know, like being presented these positions where you're like playing a big role and kind of in the spotlight. Um, yeah. Just dive into that a little bit. I think it's more, I'm like, I just try to not think of myself as like some, you don't have to be some like, award-winning director or something or like some creative genius you literally there's just a, a par for the course if you will like literally everyone's good at taking photos these days and video like there's so many people who are good at it for me it's not about standing out with the work it's about standing out as a personality i am easy to work with like i will do what you need me to do i will talk to you nicely you know, I won't send you some crazy email that's like bad mouthing you or something. I'm going to, I'm going to call you. I'm going to talk to you candidly about any kind of confusion. I'm going to talk to you candidly about money. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to be there and available to, to help you achieve whatever goals you need with this content, mm. you know? And I think that that's a huge piece that's missing. You know, it's not about what I deserve. It's not about what I'm, owed it's none of that like literally i'm per i'm performing a service and if i'm going to perform the service i'm going to do it to the best of my ability and that includes being easy to work with yeah so you know like with sendy now it's literally a suggestion from an electrician that i did an ad for like it's just like it blows my mind because it you just just try super hard and just yeah. be cool to work with and it's not about like you know, if someone doesn't understand the pricing breakdown, that's okay. It's because they don't, they haven't been in that price range or they've never been approached in that way before or whatever. If they have before, they're going to understand the pricing and they're going to try and negotiate. That's good business, right? They're going to try and get you, talk you down on, on items and stuff. So don't be offended. That's just normal business. Like you're going to do the same thing when you go buy a house or buy anything. You're going to negotiate on rates. You're going to negotiate on everything. So I think it's, I think it's just, if you know for sure that you can take a good photo, then good. You can get jobs. If yeah. you're not for sure, maybe go and learn how to do that. Yeah. You know, just when be you're confident talking, in your skills. Yes. You need to know for sure why you're going to take these photos, why they look good. You know, understand like, I like this photo because of the lighting and because of the lens and because of this thing and know why. Cause if you don't know why you can't replicate it like at a, on a whim in some weird lighting situation. 
how do you know, know when you're it. good? Like, because you I like know it. people who are really talented and they struggle with self-belief. Like they could have all of these positions that are their dream positions. And literally what's going on in here is stopping them yeah, from, yeah. from doing Again, that. Like it, you can take a good photo, a good photo. It doesn't have to win an award. It just has to be a, like a pretty good photo. Like it has to show the product or show pretty much it's always going to be a product, right? Some sort of product, whether it's sunscreen or an app or whatever, it just has yeah. to show the product in the way that the client deems as a worthy way to show off their product. That's it. Yeah. And you win. You have to you're going to get understand paid. like you're going to grow too. Like yes. you can't just wait until you're perfect at something or like mm-hmm. as close to perfect as you think to apply for a job or like to make those connections or to like utilize those connections even because people let things slip through their fingers that they get offered all the time. I know I used to do it when I would get offers. I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. I don't know the camera settings well enough, etc. But it's like, there's so you can learn so much along the way too. Like you can say, you know how to do a job. Just and if Google you just know enough, you just <laughs> learn very quickly And that's like a dedicated mindset. So like there are people who probably wouldn't overcome that hurdle if they're not interested enough. But for the people who are interested, it's like if you just overcome that hurdle, like that's a mindset thing for you to just be like, I can learn these skills and take this job and just do it. Like you're never going to reach a point or at least it'll take a while where you're like, I'm good enough um, tactically to like take this dream job. You know, it's like you, you probably won't, at least for me, I'm like, I don't always see these opportunities as something I'm qualified for, but you just have to like chest out, shoulders back, show up. Like you said, like be really personable, easy to work with and just like believe that you are going to figure it out. Cause like you're moving moment to moment. It's not this like grand epiphany that you're going to have of like, I believe in myself now. Anything's possible. It's like these little moments of like, okay, if I just take this job, then the next moment where I feel like I don't know what's going on, I can just figure it out. And then I can figure out the next one and the next one and the next one. And I feel like you've been really good at doing that because I've known you for six years and you've... That's crazy. That's a long you, time. It is a long time. And you've done so many different things and you've just continued to climb the ladder because you just always are like, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> like You're yeah. just taking actions. Yeah. Seven, the 70% rule. Like... I know people that will spend way too long editing a photo or a reel. Like, bro, just move on. Yeah. Like, just, just, it's good, man. Like, just put it out there or send it to the client. If they have changes, you can do that in literally half a second. You know, photo editing, especially with colors and whatever, raw photo, like, it's the easiest thing ever. I probably shouldn't. Don't tell your client it's the easiest thing. But like, if you're going to be easy to work with, like you don't need to get angry if they need to change the colors. I always send the raw photos and the edited photos. Yeah. That way, and I can just tell them, you know, hey, if you don't like something, I, and I'm telling you right now, like you have full creative liberty on these photos. These are your photos. These are for you. These are not for me. You know, these are for you. Yeah. Here's my iteration of the edit. I tried to look at your color palette on your page and tried to match it as close as I could, you know, on the next round of content. Like if you have suggestions on how you want it to be different, happy to implement that. I'm not here to push my creativity on you. This is your company. You know, it's like some people come to the situation. I I was on a a set one time and the director was just so arrogant, man. He was like, 
you know, very angry and people are like, man, it's taking forever. Like we need to move on, you know, mm. you're dealing with millions of dollars like per hour, basically. Whew. And, you know, you're like, dude, we need to move on. Like this is taking forever. He's like, you know, he's just like, shh, I'm painting with light. And you're <laughs> like, bro, dude, get out of yourself, dude. That <laughs> is just, you're here to perform this task. Get it done. Be happy about it. If there's changes that need to be made, do them. So you're saying the 70% rule is when it's like 70% send it like, to the client. Good enough. Yeah. Yeah. You don't yes. need to like keep wasting so much time for things to be perfect. Yeah. And over time, your personal 70% is going to be someone else's hundred. Yeah. You know, cause you're so good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're never perfection is just not a thing. Yeah. So and waste it. Like people will waste. I've wasted so many hours trying to yeah. edit things that, like you said, we're just, they're going to resonate just as much when they're 70% done. And then I spent like so much longer focusing on the little nitty gritty details. And I don't think that did anything for the viewer. Like the concept was what the viewer wants to see the little nitty gritties. Like, yes, sometimes they're important, but I I see what you're saying. Like you don't want to just sit and waste time. No, I have so much content on my archive that it's never seen the light of day. Yeah. <laughs> because I was stuck in that mindset. Like, it's not good enough. Yeah. I'm like, I go back and I'm like, that's a pretty dope shot. Like, I should put that out now. It's pretty good. It's hilarious. But yeah. It's, so it's funny. what has been your favorite position? Or I guess out of the ones you're working now, it seems like you have a lot of gigs going. Like, what's the one that, like lights that spark within you of just like feeling like hell yes. Cause I know you mm-hmm. love shooting content. I'm sure all of the things that you do are hell yes is I know you're not going to like waste your time doing something that you don't love, but is there like one specific thing that's, that's just like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, my new thing is I just like to build teams and like, that is literally my favorite thing. I, I, you know, sh- a, a shoot aside from shooting and editing all that stuff, like, I've done a lot of that. So it's kind of like, dang, I don't really want to do too much of that, but I still have to do it. Right. But I'm moving to, in a direction towards of just, I just want to build teams and manage teams because I feel as though, because I've got this, you know, ethos or whatever method of like, I want to be easy to work with. And I want other people to feel like I'm there for them as their manager or whatever. Like I'm here for you. Tell me what you need. I'll get it to make your job easier. Cause I don't want you to work hard either. <laughs> yeah. I do the same thing with the drone team. I don't own the drone team. I don't own that business. I am a an operator for that for that company, but there are people that we've brought on that are quote unquote under me. I, I don't really like that hierarchy stuff, but like yeah, it works no, for I an understand. explanation. Yeah. But you know, like so like we have the drone pilot, we have me who's the gimbal and camera operator, all things camera, and then I have my my AC, my assistant camera who is an absolute legend. And then we have like um, a, a drone tech that can, you know, charging batteries, changing things with the top end of the drone. You know, mm. me and the camera AC, we work with the bottom half, the gimbal and the camera. And so, you know, we brought him on and he was great. And then, you know, every day we, at the end of the day, we decompress and just be like, that was crazy. You know, it was like high stress. Like, what do you think? Like, is there anything that I could help you know, can I buy you a product? Can I get you something that will make your life easier? Like what was annoying about today? 
you know, and it'd be like, well, I had to walk back to the case. It was like 50 yards away. I had to walk over there 10 times to grab this thing. I'm like, what if I just get you like a bag, like the perfect bag that would work to carry all that with you? He's like, yeah. I was like, Hey, send me the link. I'll buy it right now. So, you know, and now he knows that I'm there for him and I'm interested in him working less and I'm less interested in me bossing him around. Like that's not my goal. I'm not here to push my higher position on him or whatever. And I think that's so common in the world. You find people that you come, you start a job and someone's above you and they're just like, they're so weird to you. You know, everyone's had that lame manager ditch all that dude. It, like, it, make, it makes your life harder. But so, yeah, like I want to build teams and I want to and manage teams. So with, with a few things that I'm doing, like with the boat charter, that will be eventually there'll be a team running that, right. Be able to step away a little bit. And with drones, there's a team running that. I don't know if I'm going to be working for there forever. We'll see with Sandy. I want to create a, you know, content team that is dedicated to that and a team that also runs the partnerships with influencers for that company. That's way more what I'm interested in now. You know, I love looking at a good shot and, you know, taking a raw clip to all the way through your, you know, your codec transformation and back to color. That's great. That's fine. But yeah, I think more, more team building future stuff. Well, that's inspiring. I mean, you've worked on so many teams that. Yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) a lot more than most people about how they operate. And so I do think it takes like someone who you were saying your energy is just kind of grounded and neutral. You want to solve the problems. You want to show up with a positive attitude and you're not like trying to be this dominant figure in a business. And that's like what makes a good, respectable boss. And that's what attracts the dope humans who will actually like bring value to a team anyway, because no one wants to work for someone who they've heard is like up everyone's ass or, you know, hard to work with or whatever. So you're like the perfect person to, to run teams because it's like people want someone they can respect and look up to. And also someone that's like done it and like been on the other side and been managed, you know? So that's epic. It's it's a weird paradigm shift. Like, you know, if someone's, being lame and they're your manager, they're scared. They want to protect their position. But if you're so good at your job and so easy to work with that the person above you knows that anyone below you can't take your job because Mm. the person above you won't let them. (laughs) Because they're like, no, this guy's great. Or this girl's great or whoever, you know, there's no way you're replacing them unless they want to leave. So you, you can protect your job both ways. With negativity yeah. or positivity, they both work. Yeah. But one's way more fun. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, I th- I always say like there's two types of leaders. There's the the people who show up and they want the respect and they want the power and they think they know what's good, <laughs> and that's the type of leadership. Like those are the bosses that like shits talked about behind your back. And then there's the other people who you respect and you're just like I love that that human. Like there's definitely two ways to lead and I guess you do just have to be on a bunch of teams and kind of like realize what makes a good leader by working for different types of people and experiencing both the wrath and the benefits of working with someone or working under someone that you can kind of decide the type of leader you want to be and yeah you've shot content for so long so it's interesting that 
you want to pivot now into a leadership role. So like, what would be your primary, your primary, like love affair, if you could pick one of those creative outlets, like one type of team to manage, what would be your. I would love to to manage a content team. Okay. Well, you have an agency, so. Yeah, no, it's, it's growing slowly, but it's growing. I think that, I think I would love to manage a content team for Cindy. Okay. Because Sandy is in, it can be any sport, any activity, and there's going to, we're going to need content in every aspect of all those things all year round. Yeah. Um, it's, there's going to be way more than one team running, but I would like to run one that is focused on tropical water sports, right? Just, just warm water, mm. like lots of water housing stuff, lots of drone stuff. And, um, that would be really cool because I envision like a studio space where everyone shows up at like nine, you know, like not yeah. early. And you have a meeting every Monday and you, it's just more kickback. And it's just about me and them deciding how to be better. Mm. How can we make life easier on ourselves and still hit amazing deliverables for our clients? Yeah. I think that would be so cool. And when they go out and shoot, like, you know, plan a shoot, they go out, say it's boiling or something, go out and shoot that. And you come back and everyone can be hyped in the studio, like playing back the clips. Like, oh, this is super sick. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. I think that would just be so fun. That would be amazing. Yeah. We'll get that. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely your niche, like yeah. the water. So, yeah. Yeah. Gotta be around awesome. water. For sure. I don't yeah. shoot, like skiing and snowboarding. I'm like, oh, it's dope, but it's like, can't put, like, fingers frozen, can't push the button. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once you find that niche that like resonates, like it's, that's, that's rare. It takes people so much longer usually to figure out what they want to do and like what lights their soul on fire. And it seems like you've figured it out at a pretty young age and now you're just mastering your role within the things that you love. So I think that's awesome. So if as an agency, I mean, you've worked with a lot of brands, like let's, go back in really quick to if I were to be pitching brands for the first time and I don't have the connections yet, like how do you, what's some advice that you have for someone who's just trying to just start dipping their toe into this industry and start figuring out how to wean out of their job into more freelance work? First of all, I guarantee you have a connection. (laughs) That's true. Whether there's one or two separate, you know, degrees of separate, it's right next to you. Yeah. It might not be in the niche that your dream is, but it's right next to you. It's Johnny down the street. That's your homie. And he knows somebody who has, you know, runs the athletic store in town and they need some more content for the summer uh, release or whatever. Like I guarantee you have a connection, whatever it is. It's real. You know, you can find that connection you just need to start talking to people around you, telling them you want to do photography or video or whatever it is. Tell everybody that you want to do it. Have a few things on your phone of what you do. You don't have to have a lot. Just a few things on your camera roll that you can be like, yeah, dude, also I'll fly my drone. I got the shot. How cool is that? And, oh, wow. I know you're into that. I'm like, yeah, I love it. It's so fun. I, I really want to, I need to find more clients though. You know, I'd really like to turn into a business. And then they go, oh, wait a second. I know Sally who does real estate over here. She would totally love to do that. I'm like, oh, dude, I'll do the first one for free. That'd be awesome. Can I have her number? 
it's that easy. You don't have to go digging yeah. the internet for all these email addresses. You're not, it's so hard to find like someone's personal email. You're going to find support at, you know, Sandcloud tells or whatever. You're going to find some yeah. you know, info at whatever it is. That email yeah. goes nowhere. Yeah. It goes into a pile this big. It goes nowhere. So, you know, if so you just your advice, people yeah. around you. Your advice is more just put yourself out there more. And that's how the connection circle. Yeah. In your own circle. Yeah. And that's how people who might be a good connection that you don't necessarily know has the, the connections to get you somewhere. That's how you tap into that is just by putting yourself out there. Cause I struggled with that for a while. I, I had this mindset of like, there aren't as many opportunities coming to me as there are some other content creators. And I was finding two things. One, I just wasn't posting enough or putting myself out there. Like it was confusing what I even did. And two, I was trying to go so many different directions that it wasn't even clear what my niche was. And so once I finally decided on a niche and kind of just focused on, okay, I want to shoot more drones and I want to shoot like lifestyle content at properties and just kind of started putting myself out there more, even though it wasn't perfect. Like you said, 70% rule. I just was kind of like dumping content. Like that's when more connections and more opportunities kind of flooded in because there's just more proof of concept and people are like, Oh, that person does that. Okay, cool. Like they don't want to go sit and dig and dig and dig and try to find all of these other people that do it. And then like sit and compare. It's like, if they have a connection in their network of like this person shoots Airbnbs or this person shoots surf, it's like, they're just going to go with that. So putting yourself out there is key is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Put yourself out there on the internet, put yourself out there in your personal circles. And it's, it's, it's funny because you can trigger someone's brain to help you more if you do it in a peer review situation rather than a ask like for a favor situation. So mm. if you have like a website or your Instagram portfolio or whatever, doesn't matter your following if you were to show that to your friend and be like, dude, can you look at this? Can you tell me, am I, am I crazy? Or is this look all right? And then they're like, Oh, it looks dope. Like, I mean, it's hard to read this, these, this paragraph, but you know, you could change the colors, maybe change the colors. And then they're like, what is this? I'm like, Oh, I'm just, I really want to be a photographer. That's going to trigger their brain to help you. Whereas if you were to just come at them and be like, even though you're really good friends with them, their brain isn't going to work on it as hard. You just go, hey, man, do you know anyone that might know might need photography? They're going to be like, no, I, I, I like, of course they do. They know somebody. Yeah. But you need to like come at it from a different angle and it will actually stimulate their brain to think of more things, more, more ways to help you. Interesting. Like kind of let them decide that they want to help you by yeah. just yeah putting yeah. yourself out there. Yeah. That's interesting. It works with people who aren't your friends who. That's true. <laughs> yeah. They, they, you're, they, uh, it's weird because it's some sort of psychological, like psychological thing where you're not asking for anything that like yeah. is, a, is a value exchange, really. You're just like, hey, could you take a look at this real quick? Yeah. You no, know, you're not like, hey, do you know so and so? It's less of an for ask. Sure. True. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay. So we talked about the value that you can bring working with brands and how you need to show up, but dive into more of like, value and trade proposition mindset. Cause I know that's something that you're passionate about and knowledgeable in. <laughs> yeah. I'd say it's, it's like, it's super important to realize that you are there to try and dig and figure out what somebody needs and then use your skills to, to provide that service. You know, it, not every company or person is going to be the same. So 
you know, spend a little bit of time talking to them. Like, like for instance, recently there was a, a guy contacted me through a friend and he just started a new uh, food and coffee truck in town. And he's, he's a nurse, but he doesn't want to be a nurse. He wants to run a food truck. So, and he hit me up. He's like, Hey, you do content. I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, I don't know anything about content. So right there, I'm like, okay, here's an opportunity to not only get to know this guy, but also like spread in a little bit of, of, you know, knowledge and uh, like, you know, just experience and tidbits on what to kind of think about for content. He's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, man, it really comes down to two things. You know, it's whether you want to like get organic reach or pay for your reach. And, you know, both of those things you're going to cost money, but one's way more money than the other. And I was, I was like, first of all, you should build into your scope for your employees that they need to film on their phones every day on the, like every hour and post a story and they can have a, like AI make them a reel out of the clips from the day on their phone. Like you should just do that every day. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, man. That way you never have to pay for someone like me again. You know, so now he's like, oh, this guy is like trying to like not make money. So right there, he's like, oh, this guy is like, you know, he's probably thinking, okay, but I do want to pay for this guy to do something because, you know, he must know what he's talking about. He's trying to tell me not to hire him. So yeah. it's a weird, like, backwards thing. Yeah. But, you know, and his his problem is, right, no one knows that he has a food truck. So how can I help him let everybody know? So right there, I give him a suggestion. as like on your daily operations, have them film iPhone reels and post oh. things on the story. For, and then I go, but for startup content, you know, <laughs> and for how you want your brand to look, you really want to dial that in. And then he goes, what yeah. is that? You know, so then I have my whole pitch. There you go. I mean, so, and yeah. that, you're just being honest too, because if you're telling someone that they don't need you to shoot reels, that's just the reality of the situation. But like, once you establish that trust and you're not trying to convince them to hire you, like you said, like now they want to, because you're not trying to sell them. And now they know that like you have their back and their best interest at heart. Yeah. And take away all the savvy tactics. Really. It's just, okay. So-and-so sunglasses company is like, Hey, we need content. You know, what are your goals? What are your marketing goals? Like, well, we know that video does really well, but we don't really know what to do. And I'm like, okay, I got three packages for you. I can do an iPhone reel, a Sony shot on Sony. I can do a shot on red if you want. Like there are all these different prices. They never choose the red, right? Because it's Instagram. <laughs> but now I get to charge more because I'm shooting yeah. on Sony more than I yeah. was before. So yeah. creating packages is great. Um, and like, you know, they're just, if they don't have any goals, then you can kind of lay out some goals because we all know there's algorithms. We all know there's organic reach, there's paid reach. We understand that concept. Yeah. Like, well, if you want to get some organic reach and really let people know that you have dope sunglasses, I would go the reels route. I'd make them really short. I'd go 15 seconds of pop. I'd make them fast paced. I would use these these songs. It doesn't, you know, if you're just telling them, they're like, okay, cool. If they're a big corporate company and they have real goals, even better. They can just tell you exactly what to do. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I can do that. How many photos do you want a month? And over deliver every time. They buy 45 photos. That's 45 usable, unique photos. Yeah. So in order to hit that, you're gonna have to give them a hundred. You know, each yeah. each thing that you shot, there's five angles of that scene and like vertical horizontal, like all these different things. That's one photo and it's like 10, you know, mm. and you just, just do that because it's nothing off. It's, 
it's nothing on your end. You copy and paste the edit across the whole thing. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. Delivering more than, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Delivering more than what you say and not in a way of making them think that like there's a balance. You don't want brands to think that you are just going to spill over all this extra content every single time you shoot for them. So like whatever package they buy, they just know they're going to get more, but you also can show up in a way that's like, I'm going to deliver more than this other person that you might be considering hiring, you know, like, I'll do a better job. And like you said, I'll give you the edited and the raws. Like you want the brand to succeed. I feel like they can feel that when they work with somebody, if you're just trying to like squeeze money out of them, or if you actually want your content to make them money, like there's a difference and they know that. And I think over delivering sometimes is a good way to just say like, I'm showing up for you. (laughs) Yeah. If if they order 50 photos, I'm going to give them like 80, but I shot 1200. Yeah. So there is, you know, you got to let them know like, Hey man, like I shot the heck out of this thing. You know, I already siphoned. They're like, they gave me so many. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's for you to choose yeah. now. Do it. And they're like, okay. And sometimes they'll be like, Oh, okay. I'll do my best to choose 50. No, 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 no. They're all yours. Mm. <laughs> Take those. Yeah. Do what you just want. Pick your favorites. Yeah. Just use them all. Yeah. Um, that's another thing that you just mentioned that I want to like circle back to is you said, for that food truck, like just shoot some reels and and post them and stuff like that. And I think that's, again, I just want to like go back to overcoming limiting beliefs of people who want to get into this industry. Like you don't need a $5,000 camera. You don't need this nice gear. It helps if you're trying to do specific production that is used in a specific way, but you can literally take your iPhone 11 And just as long as you're creating a story and you're creating value within that for a brand, you don't need to spend all this money to get started. Like there are so many ways you can show up and just like with confidence, be like, I know how to do this and this and this, like, this is my specialty right now, even if it's just iPhone reels. And then you put some sort of value or some sort of fun fact or something that just engages people that they can't resist. And like, maybe the brand doesn't have time to shoot that. So like you, even if you're just pitching to create iPhone reels for a brand, like just show up with confidence, tell them what you can do. And they probably don't have time to do it. And they probably are opening open to hiring you. So Mm -hmm. like, of course you have all these packages with these nice cameras and that's amazing because you've done it for so long. There, there are ways to start without all of the nice gear too. It's how you present yourself. It's how you show up. It's how much you believe in yourself. And it's like, just know that you can take an iPhone and tell a story, like just start brainstorming the things about the brand that make it unique or the things about the food truck that make it interesting or like the deals that they have. And just like put that with, like you said, the trending reels, the 15 second videos, like that's the day and age we're in. Like that's the most views I've ever gotten on any of my posts have just been like, iPhone clips, honestly, mm-hmm, iPhone mm-hmm. clips. And sure. Yeah, we, the, like, like people are 80% more likely to trust a UGC, a user generated piece of content that seems or is legit from a user of the product. Yeah. It doesn't really, yeah. You don't, you don't need a nice camera. You can just use your iPhone, especially these days because of UGC user generated content. It's performing way yeah. better than a corporate ad. And this whole agency is designed around this whole model of UGC and they'll make UGC for you. 
And so, yeah, you really don't need a nice camera these days at all. So yeah, mm. just get out there and get after it. I'd say. Yeah. Just, just shoot, pitch your work, pitch yourself. Like you don't need to wait until you have a nice camera or wait until you've had any certain level of accomplishments. Like if, like, like you said, you know, you need to know that you can take a good photo or video or like tell a story, but you're going to just learn so much along the way too. like, just be confident in the skills you have. Don't necessarily overcharge for your work until you know that you're going to bring value to a brand, but like always charge something like just get out there, say what your services are, create value. And then once they see that value, you know, kind of stack on top of itself, like reels going viral and reels bringing in business and, you're making their account trendy or whatever it is, they're going to want to pay you more. You raise your prices and it's just this like onward and upward trajectory in this industry of just like the more you work, the, the more money you make, the more you work, the better you get, the more tactical your skills become. Like you just get to a point where you just always know you're going to keep leveling up. So don't let self like lack of self-belief and, you know, you don't know what you don't know, but like, if you just believe that you're going to figure it out, you can show up in a way that like brands are attracted to. Like if you're not confident, they can just sense that brands can really sense that. So just know the little pocket of where you can actually bring value and just pitch that. And like you said, put yourself out there make the connections. Um, and then just keep building on it. You don't need to know everything and you don't need to have the world's nicest gear. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you were to walk up to someone's house and they're like, and you were just like, Hey, you need any help in the yard? And you don't do yard work at all. And they're like, yeah, I need this whole pile of gravel shoveled into this bucket. You're going to figure that out. You don't have calluses on your hands. You never use a shovel maybe, you know, but you're, that's like, you're like, yeah. Yeah, I can figure that out. It's simple. It's the same with everything. Just got to yeah. figure out the little key things yeah. that make it easy. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. This has been fun. And just tell all the fun humans where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Justin with two S's dot G. Um, yeah, there's some some of the I share some of the work I do on there. Not everything. Some of it's, you know, for Hollywood. So they don't let me post it. <laughs> But there's some fun stuff on there. As long as it's, you know some of the hobbies I'm into are on there too. Um, uh, check out check out the Sendy app. It's a new one. It's like a gear marketplace for anything and everything. You could buy, sell, and rent your gear out. You can make a rental company if you wanted right there in the app. Check it out. It's pretty cool. It's backed by Travis Rice and Cam Zink. So we're coming in hot for the market. So let's get that. Thing. Watch out! Watch world. out! Forget <laughs> Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. It's all about the Sendy marketplace. Awesome. All right, Justin. Well, yeah, check out his Instagram. You can kind of get more of a vibe of what he does and all the things he's done. And yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. All right. See you guys next time. MCA is a four-week mindset masterclass for those who want to embody the self-belief to create and manifest their dream life. At the end of each week, I host a live Zoom call with MCA students where I answer any questions and help in any areas where you may feel stuck. If you've been ready for change and you have ideas and you want more out of life and you want to travel and live big and live bold and you have that feeling inside of you that you're destined for something bigger than what you're doing, this is the course to help enhance and unlock the self-belief that's within you so that you have the mindset to go after what you want. I hope you have an amazing week and see you next time. Bye.